Hey there, I'm Jade, and you're listening to On The Way, The Titans of Tomorrow, today. This episode, we're talking to B. Nar, an up-and-coming voice actor who you might know from shows like The Silt Versus, The Way Station Pod, and our very own Retribution. This episode is pretty illuminating because we get to talk to B about what they do to prepare as an actor, what got them into voice acting to begin with, and how they're going to prepare for a post-COVID world considering they've only done voice acting in the time of COVID. All in all, a very insightful interview that I think you're going to enjoy. But before we get to that, I just want to tell you two things. One, transcripts for this episode can be found at WGCProductions.com. And two, do remember that this is a WGC production. B. Nar is a voice actor and queer horror writer from Oklahoma. When they're not doing creative work, B. moonlights as a grad student and occasionally gets lost in the woods. Hey, B. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing swell. I'm doing really good. I'm really glad to have you here. I, I think you're neat. And so I think this is going to be a really cool episode. Oh, well, I think you're neat. Oh, shucks. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to start <laughs> this out with the very first question I ask everybody. Where do you come from and where are your roots? Um, I'm from Oklahoma. Like the little bio said, I uh, I born here, raised here in the middle of the woods. So that's my roots is is weird Southern folk. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, okay. So question: uh, Could you just explain in your own words what exactly it is that you do when it comes to podcasting and audio dramas? Um, I voice act. I do character acting for fiction podcasts and audio dramas which frankly I don't know if there's a difference I'm sure there is but so I like to help people tell their stories and jingle my little jester bells and entertain people oh you're jester bells and how exactly did you get into that so I actually like binged I'm in a skew at my day job and followed them on twitter and saw a casting call for the silt verses and I'd never done any acting but like I had this this compulsion to try out because I absolutely fell in love with Faulkner as a character. And Mm -hmm. so I got my little mic and went into my closet and took a bazillion takes and that's where it started. And I was like, wow, this is actually really fulfilling and a wonderful way to tell people stories. So I kept trying out for stuff. That's really interesting. Okay. So we're going to come back to, to your work on the salt versus, because I mean, like it's, it's really cool stuff, but Let's get into casting, because uh, I think that's like one of the first parts where like actors can start with. So like for the casting process, how exactly do you go about, uh, one, finding casting calls, two, preparing for casting calls, and like three, giving a good audition? Well, first I find casting calls. Honestly, Twitter is one of the best resources to find casting calls for audio dramas. I don't know what it is about it, but the audio drama community on there is just super active. Um, so that's where I've actually found the majority of it. Occasionally, I like look at Reddit, try to <laughs> like little <laughs> subreddits, but I'm like, the, it's mostly Twitter. Preparing for casting calls was the second one. It sure was. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't want to answer them out of order. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I look through all of the characters and try to find someone that matches my voice print and my general vibes and obviously identity and. Uh, who I who I just kind of jive with, and if there's someone on there that I think 
I could probably do this. I I go for it. I read what the whole story's about and then try to get in the head of this character as much as I can from like three lines mm-hmm. and try to treat it like I'm already cast. Like I'm art like this is the performance because that's that way I'm actually giving it my all and not thinking, all right, I have to give this little snippet of a character. I I, I try to play the whole character when I'm auditioning. Okay. If that makes oh, any sense. That does make sense. Like you just you try to visualize yourself and you try to give it as much depth as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And so once you get the role, because I mean that's what you do. You 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 get the you get the roles. You're talented. Aww, so once you get you. the role, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, how do you go about like preparing to perform? Because I know that the turnaround can be pretty quick on these things. I know that when you did Retribution, uh, like it was a relatively quick turnaround on that. So like, what sort of methods do you go to like get in depth with your character in the time that these productions give you? Yeah, I really liked Retribution. That was such a fun oh, character. It was, Thanks. It was- Absolutely fell in love with it as soon as I saw the casting call. Um, And honestly, like, so I get the general story, like the general arc, and then I try to only go through and read the scenes my character is in or that I'm supposed to know about and try to get their arc alone and try to get, like, exactly what they know about, how they feel about these people that they're around and try to ignore stuff that I'm not supposed to know. Because that way I don't accidentally like color the words I'm saying like, oh, I'm not supposed to trust this person because they've been they've been scheming in the scene right before this. (laughs) You know, so that's I, I focus on their arc and their journey and then try to justify every action that they do within the story, because everyone thinks they're their own. They're their they're they're their own hero of their own story. So even if it's like murder they probably feel justified in it. So I try not to like judge them while I'm playing them and figuring out how to play them. I'm like, all right, they thought this was a good idea at the time. Mm-hmm. Why did they figure out, why did they think this was a good idea? And so that's that's generally how I do it. And you mentioned that the Silt Versus was your uh, first, was the first thing that you've auditioned for and subsequently first thing like you acted in. Yeah, it was, it was lightning in a bottle, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, so I wanted to ask and clarify because that podcast, the first episode came out January of this year, so January 2021, mm-hmm. and then that I would assume that the recording process happened virtually, yes, or yes, it was, it was all virtual because we're from all over the world, and like I said, I'm from Oklahoma, so there's not exactly like a huge acting scene here, especially not voice acting. Mm-hmm. So it was all virtual at all. The casting and the recording all happened in the most buck wild year 2020. Okay. Buck wild. Okay. <laughs> Silk versus was virtual. Uh, was Waystation another show that you're on and everyone should go listen to? Was that virtual <laughs> as well? Yep. I have only actually done virtual. What's that like? It's, I mean, I think it's really cool because I get to work with people from all over the world. I got to work with you even though we're not in the same state. Mm-hmm. And I get to meet really passionate people, even though we're geographically separated. I mean, it does take a little more technical work, I imagine, than going into a studio. Because I assume there's people who, like, help you with the technical stuff in studios. I assume. <laughs> I would I would assume as well, yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think it's worth it to get to 
to work with such a large group that is super passionate about this. Mm. And could you talk to us about your setup? Like, what did you do to to get? Because uh, you have great sound quality. So, like, oh wow, thank you. You're welcome. What's your What's your setup for for your at home recording studio? Um, it started out with blankets in a closet, and then it was now it is plywood, uh, sort of a built box with audio foam, the little triangle ones. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember the brand name, but it is like top to bottom glued to the plywood walls, audio foam, and a moving blanket so I can actually escape at points. <laughs> and and lights so I can see. Okay. And, and what microphone are you using? Oh, currently I'm using a Rode Podcaster, and it's got a, a little pop filter windshield on it, and I've got Audio-Technica headphones. I cannot remember for the life of me the number, but they're just over-the-ear headphones. All right. Cool. I just I think stats are important, especially since like I like um yeah like for other voice actors I think it's always interesting and important to know what other people in the field are like using. Oh yeah, totally. I always yeah. I'm always nosy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of nosy, great transition. Speaking of nosy, uh, a big thing about acting, of course, is like making sure that your rates are fair. And in podcasting, where there's just such a wide pool and such a diversity of uh, productions. Uh, I want to just ask, like, how do you determine your rate and how did you come to determine, like, this is what I should be paid for the work that I'm doing? Honestly, I I have not determined my own rate, but I make sure an audition for stuff that I think is, is a fair amount for how much work we're doing and how much this person can actually pay. Like, students, I'm like, you're not going to be paying me union rates. That's silly. But mostly it's at this point, it's it's not the thing that's making money in my life. It's it's something I want to do full time. But mm-hmm. right now I'm just trying to audition for stuff that I'm passionate about, because if I'm passionate about the story, then and I'm getting paid for it, at least to some degree, then I'm like, you know what? Right now, this is perfectly fine. I know that's probably not a good answer because I don't actually have any numbers. Um, hey, the best answers are honest answers. <laughs> okay, so another question that I did want to ask was, when I was sort of looking over the work that you've done and your website and, again, the shows that you've been in, I noticed that a theme for at least two, two out of three, not to mention the stuff that you write, but, like, two out of three, it's, it's mostly horror, uh, horror shows. And, uh, like, even mentioning your bio, you're a horror writer. So I want to know, what is it about horror that draws you to it? Hmm. That's a, that is an excellent question. Thank you. <laughs> I think there's something about it that is very cathartic. It's, it ex- allows you to experience fear from a safer place and allows you to play out scenarios that in real life would be really dangerous or bad. <laughs> and... It allows you to explore that part of the human experience without, you know, actually having to get, you know, uh, dying on a space station, you know, or, or what have you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then you also put out in February of last year, you put out this article uh, called The Pixel Campfire, Indie Horror in the Age of Internet. And it was talking sort of about how marginalized creators are reshaping horror. And I say talks about sort of like that isn't legitimately like the subtitle of the article um but i wanted to ask like as a queer creator who is extremely into horror as you just stated 
how are you going about reshaping the the horror genre in your own way? I really do love the um like honestly I I probably just gush in the article that is what it is <laughs> is me gushing about other creators in the indie sphere and how they're reshaping horror and I'm I hope I'm contributing by adding queer stories that center different people than is traditionally centered in horror because as as you know and as a lot of us know who's seen any horror movie like Friday the 13th the people who are centered are uh you know cis white het and generally speaking able-bodied and and everybody's kind of got this one it's sort of a monolith in terms of of main characters and you know the barrier gaze trope is one I'm once again sure you're very familiar with yeah you know and I like to hopefully write things that subvert that and allow people to be the heroes of their own stories instead of seeing yourself in a sidelined character who gets murdered by Jason in the first five minutes because you're funny and that's not allowed you know mm-hmm. so I, I and I want to help people tell their stories as an actor and seeing people write stories like horror stories or like retribution which I love southern dramas and i think that's another (laughs) space that really really can use some reshaping Mm. helping people tell their stories as an actor is honestly just as if not more fulfilling than trying to help reshape the horror community as a writer because i get to help more people tell their stories Mm. okay question uh you are uh, as you've mentioned earlier, a writer, like you write, you have your own book, Hollow Bones on Amazon. Um, you have short stories that can be accessed on your website. Like you write things in this way. Uh, do you have an interest in writing for audio dramas in the future too? Oh, absolutely. I think it'd be super fun. Um, it's obviously probably going to be horror because I'm a one trick pony in that regard. (laughs) (laughs) I've tried. It's all spooky. Um, but definitely, I'd love to write for the audio drama sphere. Would it also be something that you'd act in? Like, would you become your own sort of Lin-Manuel Miranda where you do uh, an, <laughs> a jack-of-all-trades sort of thing? I don't know. I mean, if we if we take the musical part out, that's I think that's way out of my sphere. But Okay. <laughs> I think, it, I, I mean, just for the sake of um, production, I think it'd be cool to do some single or small cast audio mm-hmm. dramas because honestly people who produce large cast audio dramas y'all are amazing i have no I idea how you coordinate people <laughs> that is a feat an absolute feat all right i, I kind of want to get back to the silt versus which is like just a super dope horror fantasy podcast really deep lore it's a fun time okay but oh but i love that, it i love it it's clear yes you do you do a really good job in it Fal- faulkner is really is a really cool character just, yeah but um one thing that really stands out to me besides like the show just being good in its own one thing that stands out to me is sort of the fan response like people connect to the show on your on your twitter i see people like you retweet like fan art of the show i think someone did like a needle point uh yes. for the show yes so like there's just a lot of really like really positive fan output. And I want to know, like as an actor, does that at all affect your performance or affect your, your outlook on the show? Like talk about that sort of dynamic, please. Honestly, it was, it was shocking. The response, it it felt very sudden 
because I was just in it for the the love of the story. I didn't know what kind of response to expect, even though John and Muna did have a a, a a sort of platform already from I Am and Askew. This was just beyond our expectations, and it was mm-hmm. absolutely lovely. It's motivating, honestly, to know that people are deriving joy from this. So it does change my outlook in that I... I'm really, I'm like even more thrilled to be in the booth recording because I know as someone, a lot of people apparently are going to really enjoy this there. It it makes them happy. And even though horrible stuff is happening, but like it, it's (laughs) an absolute delight to, to make this many people happy. And plus the Mm. fan art and stuff. Oh my gosh. That's just so cool. It is really cool. Your fans are so talented. It's it's Um, wild. They're so talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh so also in the silver verses there are a lot of like really uh emotional moments in it like really intense moments so i want to know like as an actor how do you sort of prepare yourself for the for those to to make sure you get the most impactful performances that you can i try to um find like a mental space that i have been in at some point in my life that's that's kind of close even if it's not like clearly what has actually happen like one for one it's if I can like kind of reframe it into a feeling I've already felt and then I try to like superimpose it onto what's going on with the character and try to like really just I mean it's 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 playing pretend for (laughs) for a job and so I try to like really just get into the pretend aspect and I I love doing it in live recordings for the Mm -hmm. like um, with other actors, I feel like that's a really one of the most effective ways to get an emotional read because you can bounce back and forth off of each other's energy, especially if it's an argument or a fight of some sort or or some sort of confession. I feel like it's if you can bounce off each other's energy that you're both bringing, I think that makes it more impactful too. Hmm. Uh, I can definitely I can definitely see that. I can I can definitely see why having a Kasim partner there would be very useful. Yeah, especially in a digital, yeah, digital, a digital uh, <laughs> a space where like you're kind of uh, physically disconnected from the group as a whole. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's it's fun, and all the Salt versus actors are really fun to act across from. And Maeve, it's it's really fun because. Faulkner and Carpenter largely don't like each other and mm-hmm. <laughs> and Maeve is such a delightful person so it's really fun to be mean to each other mm-hmm. <laughs> uh okay well then a question I also have is since like you are sort of quote for lack of a better word like sort of new to like voice acting like as this and all that like what what do you do to learn more about the craft and continue to deepen deepen your 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 talent and skill in the craft like how do you how do you study uh voice acting i try to study what other people do i like listening to other other performances and watching the other actors that i'm with that are largely way more experienced than i am watching how they do things and how they approach the craft and sometimes quizzing them and being like hey that was really cool what were you doing and um trying to listen to coaches the the stuff they have online about you know acting techniques because I've I've never taken a formal acting class at at all um so I try to I try to learn from other people via the internet I try I try to figure out like other acting methods and 
yeah, on it, honestly. And then, then it's just practice. A lot of it is, is trying to do the next audition or the next scene better than the last one and figure out what in the last one maybe didn't work as well as you wanted it to mm-hmm. and, and try to figure out how to fix that. Maybe it didn't come across as good. Maybe you didn't have the tone in your voice that you thought you did. Maybe it wasn't quite impactful enough. And how can you bring that and just experimenting and re-listening to yourself like a bajillion times until you <laughs> figure out what it is that you're doing that isn't really clicking for you. Well, you said a couple of interesting things in there. And I'm going to ask you uh, more in-depth questions about it. So you mentioned that uh, one of the things that you do is look like for like specific acting coaches online. Could mm-hmm. you perhaps like throw out some specific names so that people listening could can tune in and tune in and follow in your footsteps? I have one in particular. I, f- I feel he is an absolute joy to work with. I've had one session with him formally and I've listened to his other stuff. Jun Yoon, he is a just a, a very sweet person and b he's very he's very knowledgeable in the craft in both the technical and the acting aspects and so he and of course he's someone without really a vested interest in my feelings and like he's not like my <laughs> friend who's gonna be like you did great you know but he's still gonna be very constructive about it and come at it from in a way that is going to help you so yeah I mean honestly he's I think he's a great guy so and his sessions are really, really inexpensive for acting coaches. They're like 60 bucks for an hour or so. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, he's he's who I would personally recommend. Okay. Well, thank you. I hope that I hope that someone listening takes you up on your advice. Yeah, and fingers then two. Crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. You can't see it, but that's what I'm doing. Um <laughs> Okay. And then my second question from that initial answer was that you mentioned that, that one should practice voice acting, just sort of get better at it. And like, how, how long do you practice for it? Would you say? And like, what, like what exercises in particular do you do? I know you gave some, I know you gave some brief rundown from that initial answer. Could you just go more in depth about that? Yeah. Um, I try to, I mean, everyone says monologuing, but I think monologuing is a really good way to practice because it's you don't need a scene partner and you can find the rhythm of your own voice in a monologue and really try to tell a story in an emotional way and not have to real like you're not relying on anyone else in the scene no one else can carry you and so I think that's a really good way to practice um Mm. and using auditions as a way to kind of stretch what kind of character you think you can play like yeah audition for the person that that is the kind of person that you always play, you know, the, like the gruff detective. Like if that's like, you, you always play gruff characters, try out for that person, but also maybe try out for someone who's really emotional, really soft and see if you can land those lines enough that you think it's good enough to turn in, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you can't, oh well, you got to practice it anyway in your own space and no one had to know you didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Thank you for answering. Okay. I have two questions off, of my, off the top of my head and they'll probably create offshoots. So I'll ask those later. But first <laughs> questions first. So acting isn't for the faint of heart. B. It's a hard, it's hard out there for a pimp. <laughs> um, there's a lot of reje- there's a lot of rejection. Like that's frankly a majority of the job. Um, oh yeah. So I just want to know like, how do you, how, how do you prepare yourself for rejection? How do you deal with that when it comes? Honestly, um, I any rejections, I honestly just take as, okay, that one wasn't for me. That one was for someone else. And 
I'm glad for them. You know, I mean, I try not to get too attached to roles when I try out for them because I know I'm competing with a lot of talented people. And even if I bring my A game, that doesn't mean that I'm who they're looking for. So mm-hmm. I just kind of take it as that part wasn't mine. That wasn't mine to have. That was someone else's. And I'm going to enjoy that podcast as a fan now. That makes sense. That makes sense. And it's good. Uh, it's good that you're able to handle it so well. And then another question that I have is one thing that I notice a lot, like uh, on your Instagram or on your Twitter, is that like you're really good about promoting yourself and the shows that you're in. So I want to know, like, how exactly do you go about promoting yourself? Uh, no, that's the end of the question. How do you go about promoting yourself? <laughs> Well, I'm glad you think I'm good at it. Um, <laughs> I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall. Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I try to retweet the stuff that the shows put out and, and fan work because honestly, I just want to know, I want the, the people who are involved that aren't me to know that they're appreciated by me and that I appreciate that I got to to be a part of this experience and tell this story with them. And I want other people to get to enjoy it. And so that's kind of the place I come at it from. And so that's why I retweet as much as I do. (laughs) um, So that's, that's really the most accurate answer I can give you is I don't really have a strategy so much as I just get excited and Mm -hmm. put stuff on my Instagram story on my Twitter and be like, look at this guys. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, here's a general question. So, as we've mentioned earlier, all the shows that you've done have been happening in this COVID world. They've all been happening virtually. They've all been recorded virtually. And so I want to know, like, how are you preparing yourself for a post-COVID world? I have no idea, honestly, because I, I don't know what this looked like pre-COVID in the before times. And mm-hmm. so I I don't know how that's going to change things. I imagine things are going to be more local. Um, and that's perfectly fine. A lot of people want to work with people in person because I imagine mm-hmm. that's, you know, less time zones. And pro- I, I'm like mentally prepared for there to be less casting calls that are solely remote because that's, I assume, maybe going to die down or maybe not. Maybe people are like, hey, I get way more auditions this way. So I have, I am not prepared because I have no idea what to expect. I'm just going to okay. try to roll with it and All see right. what happens. Oh, okay. Uh, you mentioned earlier that in Oklahoma, Oklahoma in Oklahoma <laughs> there's not a there's not necessarily a, a robust theater community or a robust voice acting community just a general question because I know like it depends artist to artist do you have like any interest in helping foster that in Oklahoma in the, your area of Oklahoma I think it would be really cool um I'm gonna try to get involved with the in-person theater scene once it's like cool to do so um because I we do have a cool uh Shakespearean acting scene like a little Shakespeare in the park thing which and I've been to a few shows they're absolutely wonderful so I think that would be a cool place to to foster the community and a couple of other actors I know personally because I've like helped work on short films because I have a couple of friends who are in like the uh in the 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 film business like in costuming and sound and so I've I've kind of gotten to be around some short films and some actors so I don't, I mean, I think it'd be really cool to foster a little community and, and foster the community that's already here because just because I'm not a part of it doesn't mean it's not already here. There, there are definitely actors here and definitely theater productions here, mostly musicals, mm. but <laughs> we have a really big musical scene. Um, Do you sing or dance? Not in a way that is like 
before stage. So okay, okay. very vague, but I got the point. Yeah, I'm not good it. at it. <laughs> Another sort of general question I had about acting. I apologize for bouncing around in the style of these questions. Do not but... apologize at all. Uh, this is a delight. Oh, thank you. But um, a question that I had was when looking at the things that you've acted in, whether it be uh, the silt verses, which kind of veers more on the, more like just Shakespearean dramatic side, Retribution, which I wrote with um, Grecian influences. Yes, um, that was so cool. Yeah, uh, or or Way Station, which kind of has a more contemporary modern feel. I, I wanted to know, like, as an actor, what style of writing uh, do you do you enjoy working with, like, the most? Like, and what and, and why? Or I should, I suppose, I should ask. When you're working with each of these styles, uh, what about them uh, do you do you appreciate and do you enjoy as an actor? And what about them like do you find yourself having to put in more work with? And like what what is that process like working with so many different kinds of writing? Yeah, it's really uh, it's super cool to get to work with a lot of different kinds of writing because you get to play around in completely different spaces. Like the way station is completely different from the salt versus or retribution, because like you said, it's more contemporary and it's found footage. So you have to bring a more naturalistic and there's like, there is monologuing, but monologuing in the way like that you're maybe, you maybe talk to your cat for a long time (laughs) or write (laughs) a diary. Like that's the kind of monologue. It's not like a poetic monologue that is, like something that you would give on stage necessarily so I really like the um the very fast back and forth in Waystation the contemporary style because it is kind of fun to play in that space um and for styles like Retribution I really liked the rhythm of the back and forth between the actors that was this sort of Grecian stage play Grecian tragedy that was really fun especially as someone who who's read a lot of Grecian tragedies that, that was super cool um mm-hmm. to to get to perform in a a slightly more modern one and and with the silt verses there is this this poetry sort of rhythm to everything that's said mm-hmm. and I really like that it is very Shakespearean and it's I really like getting to play with language like that and getting to play with the pauses and I mean I, I definitely like maybe do too many pauses. I feel like they probably cut them out because I'm like, I, I, I like dramatic pause too many times. And they're like, that's enough. That's enough. You, you don't need you to just, do that. You're just challenging your inner William Shatner. Yeah. Like maybe don't do that that much. Like, thank God for good audio editors. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, I really, I really love getting to play with language like that. Um, I don't know if there's like a, like what I have to work harder on. I mean, the monologues in the salt verses are really long. So it's mm-hmm. it's mostly making sure I keep a consistent tone throughout the whole thing because the monologues are you're telling the whole story like for half the episode, which is like it's narration and it's really fun. But also I, I got to make sure I don't like dip off energy wise at the end or totally change my tone because I had to re-record it. So that's that's what I put maybe more effort into. And I mean, with Retribution, I never worked with that big of a cast. So that was really fun to um like figure out how to play with the energy in the room and that was what I did have to put more effort into was like figuring out how to work with so many uh so many co-actors that was really that was that was where I I did my learning maybe that's that's maybe how I'm probably more framing it is like this is what I had to learn <laughs> yeah and 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 with Waystation it's um 
Yeah, it's, it's being able to keep up that fast paced and making sure I sound natural instead of like I'm giving a dramatic monologue. Mm-hmm. Especially since I'm playing someone who is pretty deadpan and <laughs> and not super emotional outwardly. So I, I don't need to sound like Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> Question, have you ever given thought to maybe doing a comedy? Oh, yeah, I think it'd be fun. Um, honestly, I, I like doing comedic stuff. I mean, I like comedic stuff. Uh, most of that's happened, I guess, backstage off mic, quote unquote. Like mm-hmm. we, like you know, on the salt verses, we goof around all the time, you know, because there is some absurdity to to crab grab God, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's delightful. Yeah, I totally love to do a comedy. I think it'd be fun. Do you audition for them currently? Yeah, I, if I find any that I think I can I can actually bring something to, absolutely, I audition for them. So, fingers crossed, someday. <laughs> fingers crossed. So, as an actor, uh, you, of course, have a a specific relationship with the director. And directors can vary as much as actors. They all have their own styles and uh, ideas and such. So I just want to know, like, what kind of directing styles do uh, work best with you as an actor? Yeah, I I have gotten to work with with quite a few different directors at this point, and that's been really cool. Um, I like it when I get, like enough feedback that like they're willing to tell me to change my performance if need be because I know I'm not perfect at all and I want to make this story as good as I can so I would say like I like live direction to an extent you know I I like Mm -hmm. that so you know I mean obviously I have not worked with every kind of director there is but yeah, I like a little bit of live direction. Like, tell me if you didn't like something. It won't hurt my feelings. I want to make this the best I can. So, yeah. And just like in general, on sets, on sets, um, <laughs> in recording rooms, rather, uh, what is something like that happens in recording rooms that's recording rooms that you really appreciate and just makes the atmosphere comfortable and nice for you? I mean, I like that. Well, we're all kind of in our own homemade booths or whatever we're all in our own spaces but there is this communal feel to it and that we're all here we all decided to tell this story together and I like I like getting to sort of talk with the actors and directors and writers and kind of goof off with them in between takes because I feel like that if you know people a little better outside of just the uh just the character or just the director I feel like it helps you you jive a little more and so that's what mm-hmm. I really like. I like I like the communal storytelling part. Okay. Um, also a general question. So way back in the very beginning of this podcast, you mentioned that <laughs> you had another job as well. A day job is how you framed it. And so I want to ask two-ish things. One and a half things. No, two whole things. I want to ask two whole things. <laughs> Go so, for it. Two whole things. The, <laughs> two whole things. I'm going to, I'm losing it. Uh, woo. It's going to be a wild. Um, so the first question is, how do you go about managing uh, managing the, the time you have to spend on voice acting and the time at your day job? Like, what's that uh, time organization like? And then two, is voice acting something that you'd like to have a more prominent uh, position in your life? And if so, how are you working to make that uh, one of your more dominant jobs, for lack of a better word? Yeah, so uh, my day job, I'm... I'm a grad student data analyst, and so it's I'm only allowed to work part-time. The other part is spent on schoolwork, so it's like the weird version of a full-time job. Um, 
So I I try to like deliberately schedule voice acting stuff. Like I don't I try not to let it fall to the wayside. I have a planner that I obsessively write everything down in. Mm. Um because I I just love checklists. So <laughs> It's so satisfying. So I make sure and write down like, all right, I need to audition for this and this and this. And I need to send in these recordings. I'm doing this with this person. And even if it's not a scheduled thing with another person, I try to treat it like that. That way mm-hmm. I don't accidentally neglect this this career. Because and to, to actually it's a segue to the, your next question, I'd love to do this full time. That would be the dream. And so... I, I'm I'm busting my butt trying to to get more parts and uh, eventually enough to create a demo reel because I know that's mm. that that's you know that's the thing and um, that's that's probably the next step and I like you like you uh, mentioned I would I would love to write my own at some point and try to figure out a way to to make a living at this so that way I can do this full time because this this brings me so much joy. It's it's honestly the most fulfilling thing I have I have ever done is getting to tell stories with other people and getting to entertain people like this. It is is and experience the human condition in so many different facets. It is fantastic. So that's I'm working towards it in in increments, but mm-hmm. fingers crossed I'm working towards it in a way that is productive. Hmm. All right. So have you I know one thing that was really big for me when I like kind of started doing this was like finding people who um who could like help me along like like uh like Cole who was the director of retribution like I reached out to him and I was like can you can you help like kind of be my mentor for like stuff like this do you have someone like that for you like someone that you can reach out to and like ask questions to and all that stuff and if so how'd you go about doing that oh that's delightful Cole Cole's a delight yeah, he's really cool. Um, yeah, really. And it's yeah, he's made some really cool stuff. And um no, I don't have anybody specific. I I have not actually like found someone I'm like, "All right, you're someone I'm going to bug all the time." So I <laughs> <laughs> because I and in a in a in a good way. I've I've had mentors before in my life that I I love to bug. Um for other for other professions and other things, but I so I I just try to like just spread it out between my peers and and figure out what they're doing and obviously support what they're doing and just try to grow along with them and learn with them and maybe maybe that way I'll run on to a mentor somebody I can uh some somebody I will bug specifically about about this stuff and try to learn from them and their expertise but right now I'm just kind of free floating <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how actually good or productive that is but that's what's happening right now all right all right, all right. um another question i had was do you do you have any like dream roles that you'd like to do someday oh man um that's a yes that's a good question uh <laughs> i don't know i i think it'd be really fun to play like a comic book supervillain. um because mm-hmm. i have a very i have a soft spot for them because they are so ridiculous and that kind of circles back around to the comedy thing i think that would be delightful um honestly every role that I play is like my favorite role while I'm playing it mm-hmm. so um <laughs> I like to just get to play different people because it's it's super fun so I don't know if I have any like dream roles other than get to tell more more weird horror stories 
Okay, okay. All right. Well, then that brings up a question of a dream horror genre. So, like, there's lots of subgenres. Oh you got, like, your monster movies, your aliens, your child possessions, you know, like, all, <laughs> all your stuff. Is there a subgenre that you, a horror subgenre that you really, really want to do? Oh, I love folk horror. And that's kind of, like, what the Soul Versus is. Like, yeah. folk horror and body horror are just my jam. I, I would like some more Southern folk horror because I, I you know... And that isn't um, scary hillbillies like Texas. <laughs> every you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre did a lot for the genre, but also there that's not the whole there is. You've mentioned southern. You've mentioned southern stories a couple of times throughout this. What what is it about it exactly that that makes the the southern genre stand out to you so much? I think it's um. Well, uh, one of the, the current Southern horror that I really like is Old Gods of Appalachia. And, Makes sense. Yeah, and there, I feel like Southern horror is is not ever done from the perspective of the people that live there. Mm. In, in, like, mainstream stuff, a lot of times it's not. It's, like, like, you know, it's the traditional, like, outside college kids and the old man at the gas station warning them not to go there. <laughs> you know, of course... <laughs> There's a lot of really wonderful new horror coming out, and that's just that's like stuff from like the seventies. But that it really resonates with me because that's where I've grown up, and it's the people I'm around, and it's a very diverse community. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's it's cool for their stories to get told, and for me to help tell their stories. So if that makes any sense, that's why. No, that makes that makes perfect sense. I feel the same way. Not just about the South, though. I do like the South as a as a place for stuff to happen. Um, but like about Florida specifically, yeah, because, yeah, because Florida has uh, not necessarily a bad. It's a bad map, yeah. but I understand. I'm from Oklahoma. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like people think that we're all alligator wrestling meth heads, and it, and there's a lot more going on here, uh, socio politically, and I mean, like it's a really complex place, and it, it's rich, and I understand that you feel the same way about the South and Oklahoma specifically exactly exactly you get it we're not we're not all alligator wrestling meth heads and even especially not in oklahoma (laughs) that we we got the meth heads there's not as many alligators unfortunately you don't know what you're missing i don't know i know it's tragic we're really we're really missing out on the alligator wrestling scene Mm -hmm. well there's always time there's Um, always time (laughs) okay so that answers a few of those questions and then just like in general and this is kind of going to lead into what the last question is going to be but just like in general, when you look at the people, like people who are in the audio drama industry right now, like voice actors like yourself, like who who are you looking up to? Like what, what when you see someone's career, you're like, yeah, that's what I want to be, you know? Oh man, that's that's tough because I there's a lot of people I've worked with that I feel that way. I'm like, wow, I want to I want to be able to do what you're doing right here. Um, I know I already mentioned Old Gods of Appalachian. That's because Steve Shell, he's he's deeply talented, in my opinion. He's got fantastic range and he's a wonderful storyteller. And mm. if if I could be that good and and have that much range, I think that would be that would be amazing. Um, but there's honestly, it's it's an innumerable amount of people that I I, I look up to in one in one ride or another because they've they've done something super cool that I'm like, wow. There's always somebody, something you can learn from somebody or something that you're like, wow, this person has definitely done this right. And I'd love to be there someday. So it's, it's a 
very long list. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So we are kind of coming towards the end of our interview. Um, but before we get to the end end, uh, I just want to ask, because I think one good turn deserves it. I say that every time I do this segment. And I don't, I, I don't know. I think that'd be cool. I think it'd be cool to hear your thoughts. What exactly are you listening to right now? Like what podcasts and what audio dramas are like really scratching the brain saying like, this is good stuff. Oh man. Let me look at my Spotify. Um, <laughs> Cause my, I listen to so many podcasts and also not enough. There's never enough time. It's, it's really tragic. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see. I've started listening to Dose after uh, Dose after. Oh, really? Yes. Oh my god, absolutely in love with it. I've listened Ah. to like the first two episodes. Just so cool. Mm. Um, so for everyone listening, that's that's one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we actually interviewed the creator. um, (gasps) Oh, that's so fun! Oh my goodness, that's delightful. I'm so glad. Um, Mm. Unwell. He was. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it was David who said that he liked the Silt Verses. Oh, yes. I remember you told me that. I was like, I lost my mind because <laughs> David said so, that Dose After You is so cool. So uh, it's mutual. I, that also makes sense. It's another great queer horror show. Yes, it, it's so perfect fun. Sense. Yeah, it's right on the line. Okay, so we've come to the, we've come to the end of it. Yeah, we've come to the end of our interview. And I just want to say, like, you've done three shows and the three shows you've done not uh, the three shows you've done have been really, really good. Not to mention one of them was my own, but that's besides the point. That's not biased. That's just a fact. It was a fact. But, it was really good. Yeah, but like you, you do really good work, and oh, you bring like you. a real you bring a real humanity to your characters, and like you balance like the comedic aspects of them with like the more dramatic impacts of them, and like you can tell that you're really gonna be a really, really good voice actor, right? Like you have all this talent, and you're like you're building all this skill. You can tell, be like you can just see it, Aww. and so I want to know, like just as you keep going, you keep climbing this ladder and you keep auditioning and getting these shows. I just want to know, like, how will you know when you've made it? Well, for one, I'm blushing. Thank you. Oh, Um, you're welcome. (laughs) I think I'll know I've made it once I can do this in a way that's full time. Once I can tell stories and help other people tell their stories full time. I think that obviously I'm always going to be making up new goals because that's how it works. You're, you reach one point and you're like, all right, cool. You like sit with it and enjoy it for about five minutes. Then you think of a new thing, a new rung on the ladder. So, but I, th- I think that's when I'll know I've like quote unquote made it. And then I'll make mm-hmm. up a new thing to decide, well, that'll be when I've made it. So, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. So could you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me. I've mentioned Twitter a couple of times, I think. So you can find me on Twitter at uh, Sassy Lich. Um, I'm that on everything and you can find my uh, like a whole list of my stuff on my website at bnar.com Thank you for listening to episode 9 of On Their Way season 3 On Their Way was created, hosted, and edited by me, Jade Madison Scott The theme was composed by Bajo Alvarado and the logo was created by Amaka Koi if you'd like to help us continue to make podcasts like On The Way or our other show Retribution, you can support us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. In addition to helping us pay for crew and overhead, you'd also gain early access to episodes and exclusive content. 
You can find the link on our website, wgcproductions.com. You can also show us some love by following us at WithGoodCo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and telling your friends about us. Next week, we will be talking to Nathan Gabriel, who was the director for our new show coming out next year, Small Victories. It's a very special episode, so make sure to tune in. As always, I appreciate you for listening, and make sure to take care of yourselves and each other.